this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Welcome to the Successful Farming Podcast. I'm Jody Henke. As the days get longer and the temperatures warm up, farmers get the urge to start planting. Now, the calendar may also say it's time, but your focus should be on soil conditions rather than the date. The two most important soil factors are temperature and moisture, but when we're shaping up for a soggy spring, it can be hard to find those magic planting conditions. Joining me on this podcast is Jim McDermott. He's a technical agronomist with DeKalb Grove. So, Jim, let's talk about soil temperature and moisture. Agronomically speaking, what should growers be aiming for? You know, this year it's been well documented how wet we've been, especially going back to last season. Our soil profile was uh, very full in the fall. We have had some decent drainage throughout the winter, at least here in northern Iowa where I'm located. Some of the tile lines and the creeks have been running. So hopefully that will help us uh, as we head into spring and we're able to get out early. At least that's the hope for this year. So really looking at soil moisture in the spring is, is always tricky. You know, obviously we want that soil as dry as, as it can be before we start tillage. And part of that is as we go into spring, we really want to try to avoid any deep tillage. I know there's certain areas of the Midwest that did not get some of the normal fall tillage done. But spring is, is not the time to try to replace that deep ripping or maybe that 10 to 12 inch type tillage. Even if we're dry on top, a lot of times that soil moisture is still there if we're down that deep. So tillage in the spring, need to try to either do vertical tillage or uh, shallow type tillage, more with the field cultivator type implement. So that's one thing to keep in mind. Another thing to look at just as a, as a rule of thumb, and, and literally it is a rule of thumb, but if we take that soil and rub it between our, our thumb and finger. We want to have that soil where it's dry and crumbly. If it's making a ribbon, when you push it out with your thumb of more than an inch, it's probably too wet to really do any field work. Now, that certainly varies depending on soil type, soil texture, uh, how much silt or clay is in that soil, but that is one thing to go by. Most growers have a pretty good feel of their own ground, but uh, at least if we're rubbing that soil and if we've got the ability to make a ribbon longer than an inch, that's usually a sign that we are too wet to be out there. People like to get out there, want to try it. They kind of want to push the boundaries sometimes. Uh, how do you tell once you get in there if, yeah, this isn't a good idea? Well, sometimes it's fairly obvious, obviously, with where we've got something uh, sticking to our equipment. Like the last few springs, they've been very challenging, and so sometimes we, we tend to push it. Once we get into the planting operations, I think if we're planting corn, that's an area we certainly don't want to compromise on our soil conditions because uh, we can lead to some sidewall compaction, crusting, really just a tough environment for that seedling to get started and especially established roots. So we can cause some long-term damage. Uh, and I think growers are very well aware of that, especially with corn. One thing I will throw and in, a little bit of a curveball, Jody, but uh, you know, soybeans have had a lot of interest in early planting 
even planting before corn over the last few years. And obviously we still need to have good soil conditions and ideally soil temperatures of 55 or higher for soybeans. But I will say if conditions are a little more marginal, we've actually seen soybeans able to take some of those conditions better than corn. And part of the reason I say that is uh, if we lose a few plants or if we don't have that perfect stand, soybeans do have a better ability to compensate as compared to corn. Soybeans will, will branch out more so if that corn plant is lost or if it's stunted, uh, it has a hard time catching up. Or soybeans, we can be a little bit more uneven early in the season and, and still able to compensate and yield fairly well. So certain conditions, uh, we can get by with maybe that not ideal seed bed on soybeans, especially if we've got treated soybeans with the good fungicide and insecticide. Uh, that's very important you know, if we're pushing that planting date early on soybeans. Certainly something to consider as we look at that early planting window in April. Soil compaction is likely to be an issue for many in the fields this spring. We'll talk about that when we return. Compaction. Have you seen a lot of compaction after last fall with the wet conditions that we had? And are you concerned about that happening again this spring? Certainly always a concern as we go into spring. Last fall, with some of the wetter conditions throughout harvest in October and November, uh, there were some ruts formed, just some general compaction. Hopefully we've had some freeze and thaw to take care of that. Uh, Typically, the freeze and thaw is more on the surface say the top two to three inches, so it helps out a little bit. If we truly have compaction that's down a foot deep, where I'm at, northern Iowa, it doesn't tend to take care of that because once we freeze a foot down, we're probably not thawing it out throughout the winter. So that freeze and thaw helps us out in the top few inches, but not much deeper. So, you know, if we do have some of that compaction or ruts, again, I would not recommend doing the deep tillage to try to remove that. Some of the shallower tillage can help out with our ruts, but, uh, It is something that uh, we're heading into the spring with compaction. We really have to uh, live with it for now. And if we can attack it next fall, that really is the better time to try to take out some of that compaction if if we're going to do some deep tillage or some inline ripping, for example. What about clods? Will we see some clotting this year? (laughs) C-L-O-D. Not clotting. Yeah. (laughs) You know, clotting is usually a function of uh, especially using a disc when we've got too wet of conditions or trying to trying to go too deep and we, we can get some of that slabbing. So again, if we're able to stay shallow and, and of course wait as long as possible to get the, the dry conditions in the top two to three inches, hopefully we can avoid that clotting. That's a situation where if we uh, get that hot, dry weather and we form clots, it's very hard to get those to uh, melt down again into a, a nice mellow soil. So fairly challenging. We just don't get a good seed bed or good seed soil contact if we form clots during the springtime, especially right before planting. Talk about the magic soil temperature of 50 degrees, especially for corn farmers. Why 50 degrees? Well, 50 has always been the the standard uh, where we start to see germination on corn. Every spring we strive for ideal conditions, and I would say, you know, 50 is is ideal for corn, and uh, 55 or higher is ideal for soybeans. But, you know, in the real world, we don't always get ideal conditions, Jody, and Myself, I'm not too concerned if we're slightly below 50, especially if we are on the drier side. In other words, drier soils, good soil tilt with, uh, say, 46, 47 degree soil temperature doesn't bother me too much because we're putting that seed into a decent uh, seed bed. But if we are wet and we've got slabby soil, 
and we're below 50, then that's where I would get very nervous, especially on planting corn. Certainly ideal if you want at the four-inch depth, 50 degrees soil temperature and rising. But again, we don't always get that perfect spring or that perfect scenario to plant in that ideal soil temperature. And, you know, back to the sticky soil as well, applying anhydrous ammonia, that has some consequences to it. And what do you recommend farmers do with that? Yeah, it seems to be another spring where a lot of the growers didn't get some of the fall anhydrous on that they wanted to, forces us into some spring applications. Uh, You know, spring anhydrous certainly can work. We have to be a little more cautious, of course, as far as soil conditions. If we are wet, flying in the spring, we can see more loss. And really the key is to have, first of all, plenty of depth. We want to make sure that knife is down at least six inches, but eight to ten inches is better. And then we also want to have loose soil over that knife to cover as we're applying so we're not getting lost into the air. So loose soil is very key to spring applications of anhydrous. If we are in wet, slabby conditions, too, as we're applying can lead to more issues as far as just plain smearing and, and sidewall compaction. So you know, there again, we're potentially adding compaction uh, to that soil for a, a tillage operation in the spring, like anhydrous application. So certainly can be done, but we, we need those good conditions in early April. And another factor, of course, to consider with spring anhydrous is to uh, not be too close to planting. It's no exact rule of thumb, but ideally you like to have uh, three to four days, if not more, before you plant corn. If you're going deep, again, that 8 to 10 inches, that helps minimize any sort of salt burn or any sort of potential injury to that corn seedling as we're applying anhydrous. So those are pretty key things to to try to avoid complicating the situation with uh, spring anhydrous application. So what happens if it stays soggy enough to keep you out of the field during the prime planting window? We'll get some advice from Jim on switching hybrids after this. It might get to a point where farmers may start to panic, kind of what happened last year if we get late into the season. At the time of this podcast recording, we don't know exactly what's going to happen. But at what point do you recommend a farmer to choose a different hybrid? I'd like to say we're due for a good spring, Jody. <laughs> we hope so. <laughs> <feels> like, <laughs> we hope so. In the last few years, we've, uh, we've had some major challenges and you'd think the odds would be with us, but you're right. We don't know what the, the next month here is going to bring. Last year, that was a major concern, though, as far as hybrid changing, and uh, we had a lot of growers that uh, did have to change hybrids as we got, especially into June planting. The area that I'm at in northern Iowa, as we get to uh, May 25th, May 30th, that's where we start to recommend hybrid changes in maturity, and certainly every situation is different depending on their drying setup, depending on what maturities that they normally are planting, if they have a need for wetter corn or livestock feed. So there's a lot of factors, but if you're just looking at the yield potential and dry down agronomics, we typically would recommend to keep your normal maturity hybrids in the mix until we get about that 25th of May date. We did see last year as as some growers changed into earlier hybrids, um, say five or 10 days earlier than their normal adapted maturity, that did cost in yield and sometimes cost in agronomics and standability those hybrids that are are not adapted for a particular area usually can have problems as far as stress tolerance and stock quality. So it's a tricky balance, but stay close with your seed dealer and and make sure that uh, you're on top of the situation if it looks like we're going to be pushed into that later planting window of 
last few days of May or the first part of June, Jody. Any other tips you have for farmers dealing with soggy soils? Well, there's no magic bullet when you're dealing with soggy soils. So uh, I I don't have any potions or anything that's really going to dry that ground out quicker other than time. I guess I would stress trying to avoid any of the deep tillage activities or situations that might cause more problems in the spring. One other tip I would add is as, as we're doing a tillage operation, we want to make sure we give at least 24 hours before we come back in and plant. In other words, if we're field cultivating, we want to give it time, let that ground dry out on top. So when we come in with the planter, we've got a nice, dry, loose soil to work with on top. So we're not building up any moisture or any mud on our gauge wheels. So in a challenging spring, sometimes it is hard to wait. But if we can give 24 hours after that field cultivator operation before planting, it's always a good goal to shoot for. All right, Jim McDermott with DeKalb Asgro. Thanks for joining me on this podcast, and thank you for listening. For Successful Farming, I'm Jody Henke.